another edition of The Wrap. Welcome in, everybody. Tom Mazaway alongside my partner, Clarence Black, in the house at the Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios here in Farmington. Big Tigers Day yesterday. Every Everybody uh, got to watch a little bit of the Major League Baseball draft. I watched the, the first round, you know, here and there, a little bit here and there. It's not, not something you tune in for, but the Tigers were up on the clock. Just as they were ready to pick, maybe 10 minutes before, the power in my house went out. And I'm like, it figures. Tigers are probably, you know, who the hell knows what they're going to do. And it popped back on. I got to see the pick. And then later in the evening, I'll explain see, to you was, what I was watching. That was, that was Torque turning the lights out. Is it that going to be his nickname? By the way? Torque. It's going to be Torque? Yeah, Torque. Torque? Yeah. Just Torque? Torque. Lynn Henning will join us. The Torque? The Torque? I'm not sure. Lynn Henning will join us from the Detroit News. Torker? He just knows his stuff about uh, this Major League Baseball draft. I do know you this. You should let Lynn nickname him. The sandwich picks you were talking yes, about. Yes, man. I want to ask Lynn. We that. don't know the exactly what they're talking about. What the I think hell is a sandwich pick? It's the coolest name in, in all the front office. I think they're called competitive balance picks. And it's after the first round. And then these teams that I guess, I really don't know. I guess these bad teams get to pick. I don't know why the Tigers didn't have a, co- a competitive balance pick. Probably because of Miggy's contract. But anyway, we're expecting uh, to talk to Lynn here in a couple of minutes. Uh, my phone screen is down. I just want to tell the boys. Uh, so have to tell me when uh, Lynn is on on the air. So. People watched it. Did you know that? They watched I've, it. I, people watched. Man, like, listen, people are so starved that they watch this thing, and they're watching the Korean base. I mean, listen, I haven't. I haven't watched Korean Bowl so yet. Listen. Sports fans, I now know, we are nothing more than just a version of crack addicts. This is how, like, we now know, if you are a sports fan, you should sympathize with somebody who is drug addicted because we literally are running around with the powder lips and the itching because you we just like, just give us something. I watched the, I watched the 69 finals. Just give me, just give me something. Just give me something I can watch. Like, it's ridiculous, man. That's good. We are. I watched. I watched five innings of Korean baseball this morning. I had no reason to. You know what I had on last I night? I had shit to do. Thirteenth year anniversary of The Sopranos was last <laughs> night. The finale. So I tell my wife we're watching the finale tonight again. So I put it on. It's on my DVR. We put it on. I swear to God. Five minutes before it's over, and you know how it, it fades to black. Yeah. Oh, am I off the air? Hello. There yeah. it is. So five minutes before the play, he's just got. They're just getting to the Holston's, the restaurant. Right, yeah. And you know how it fades to black yeah, at the end. Journey with uh, yeah, yeah, with Don't Stop Believing, yeah. which I listened yeah. to on my way into work today because I'm in the mood now. Yeah. My lights went out again. <laughs> I swear to God, and they are out in no, my area of Saint Clair Shores. Right. Still out. Right. I checked the DTE. It says it's wind related. And I'm screwed to at least 11.30 tonight. So listen, basically. man. So I got some decisions to make. So my wife, my, I just introduced my wife to True Blood. She's on season oh, five. okay. She's I on only season made it five. through two no, seasons. No, she just started season, episode two, season six. So, I mean, it only went seven. So we're going to wrap that up. Okay. I'm debating hard about The Sopranos. Oh, come on. I'm debating, man. What are you debating I, about? Uh, come on. I don't know. if she Because if she doesn't like it, then it's kind of this weird, like, eh. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Anyway, we're expecting Lynn Henning. Uh, we'll get to him as soon as uh, we can get him on the phone. Oh, he is on the phone. Okay. Thanks, David. Let's bring him up. Mr. Henning, what's happening? Hi, man. How are you? You're with Clarence Black and me. Pardon me? You're with Clarence and Maz. Good to hear your voice. Well, and good to be with uh, you, Maz and Clarence. And, uh, yeah, a little drama last night, a little more drama coming up tonight here, uh, it's nice to have a 
uh, a draft here to sort of perk up uh, this void uh, known as sports season. You're not kidding. You know, here in Detroit, we always look for the draft. We love the draft, especially Lion fans. We get excited. That's our Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. The Tigers, at least, have given us a little bit more, you know, excitement in the last, you know, 12, 14, 16 years, which has been, you know, a great run that they had. But we're back to square one. Do you think they're starting to finally get out of the cobwebs, and do you think they're going to start to be competitive here? Oh, they'll start to be competitive, man. It's just a matter of the cycles of sports. They're really tough when you're on this end because it seems like you're there forever. Whereas during the the better times, um, you, you you pay no attention to those guys that are going through their particular crucible. And I think that's where the Tigers maybe lost some perspective from 206 through 2014. Is there was a lot of misery in a lot of towns in baseball yeah. where there is no misery today. Houston being a primary example. Kansas City. Atlanta, a bunch of places like that, and uh, no one cared. And, uh, of course, at that point, they were all singing the blues and thinking that they were were terrible in and, 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 and this hole and in this uh, uh, terrible abyss here for so long with bad ownership and bad front offices. People didn't pay any attention to those towns, and they're not paying any attention to the Tigers' plight now. But as things begin to head north, um, they'll get reinvigorated, and uh, this product will get better. I think the biggest problem, as Clarence, is going to be this. The division is going to be awesome for a while, and the White Sox are going to be what the Royals were a few years ago. And the Tigers are going right into the maw of this. The Twins are, are good now and going to get probably a little bit better. Cleveland is is always because they don't mind getting rid of payroll and keeping things afloat with young prospects. Um, they, they do a good job of staying buoyant. They don't go through the extremes on the south side the way that a lot of teams do. The Royals had a tremendous draft last night. They've had three good drafts in a row. They're going to be really good. So the Tigers have themselves maybe one of the worst divisions to be <laughs> in right now, other than maybe the American League East. Well, always. And uh, it, it's not going to be easy uh, for them to, to get back into a playoff mode. But with pitching and with a couple of bats like they've got uh, in Riley Green and now in Torkelson, uh, you're going to see uh, an entertaining product there. And uh, how much better it gets, we'll see. Hey, we were talking about it the other day, and we had our friend Ethan in here, and uh, he's a big baseball guy, follows the draft a lot, and he he filled our head with a couple of big names that, of course, didn't go to our way. We like one of them was Austin Martin, who I kind of fell in love with after reading about him. I watched some highlights from him. I don't know much more about these these young kids, and this Asa Lacy, who wound up going to Kansas City, left hand pitcher out of Texas A and M. Hey, we got ourselves, I think, you know, the biggest bomber in, in the in the in the draft. We got the best hitter, supposedly, a guy that's ready to come up in a year or so. What 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 did you did you like this pick? And how about those two guys I was talking about? Oh man, Maz, I, I've been writing about Torkelson since last November. Uh, I knew last fall he was going to be there, probably be the first overall pick. And I went out to Arizona in February specifically to see him and see Martin play and to get to know them as best I could. Uh, and Torkelson I got very well acquainted with. And uh, I've been no, been, been on this 
watch for nearly a year now. And um, I, I had Torkelson first when it wasn't popular to put him first uh, because uh, so many people were in love with Austin Martin, and, and for good reason. He's a tremendous hitter. But notice he did go five last night. And, and part of the reason, part of the reason is he doesn't have the power that you'd prefer to have in that kind of a player. And you don't really know what his position is going to be. Now, if you were a shortstop, a pure shortstop, I think he could have been the Tigers pick. But uh, there's no guarantee that he is going to play in the infield. And uh, yet Torkelson's combination of hit tool and power all along gave him a, a slight edge, if not maybe even a more significant edge over Austin Martin. So, no, this came as no surprise. I've been writing about this steadily for a lot of months now, and uh, I've never wavered on uh, Torkelson being the number one pick, and he was. Lynn, from high school to now, what changed? So, obviously, you know, kids can get drafted in high school, and then I think if they decide – to go to college, they have to do how? Well, three, three. It's a three-year minimum, right? Yeah, it, it, it is right. Once you go to, unless you go to junior college, but uh, I, I think Clarence, the best analogy I can give here, I think the Tigers got themselves a hitter's version of Justin Verlander. Now remember, Justin Verlander was not drafted out of high school either, but the body took off once he got to college, and the same thing with Torkelson. And the strength and the very, very good athleticism that produces an excellent swing, all of that really began to blossom in college. And for a lot of kids, that's the timeline. Uh, the, the term late bloomer is, is exactly that. Uh, there's no uniformity to where the kids will develop. But I do believe in Torkelson, again, they got the same kind of potential franchise talent that they got 16 years ago in Justin Verlander. And I think plenty of scouts would agree with that assessment as much as you can try to predict in baseball, which is not anything I'd recommend, but uh, there are certain things that will uh, transfer. And Torkelson is going to be excellent. Lynn Henning joins us, Detroit News, and of course our resident baseball expert. And I wanted to bring up this competitive balance round. Now, is this the old? Is this the sandwich picks? Is that how? How, how do you well, get these picks, no, Lynn? No, the Tigers actually get one, Maz. That, that, that pick that they're going to make at sixty-two yeah. between the second and third rounds—that's a competitive balance pick. Now, Why didn't they get one in the first round then? Well, you get those primarily as compensation for free agents that you've lost. I see that you made qualifying offers to, and so forth. That that kind of thing. Um, but but the one that the Tigers got is is a competitive balance pick that uh, they were awarded because of market size and their standings last year. There's, there's a formula that Big League Baseball uses, and, and so that's that's what happens. Um, if you've got real trouble in your in your formula, you can get one in that uh, next round. Um, anyway, that, that explains to you how the Tigers picked up their CBA uh, or competitive balance pick at 62. Is, is market size in there. They're standing. Now, wait a minute. Now, 
Take it Mr. easy. Mr. Hennon. Now, Take hold on. I'm just saying, man, I, Lynn Hennon is a, is a giant, man. He's a legend. I've been, you know, reading this man my entire life. Are you telling me, Mr. Hennon, that baseball— Checks in the mail. They, <laughs> baseball has a has a essentially a, a crap pick? Like, for being crappy, you get extra—you get a little bit of—you get an extra yeah. a pick? Yeah, I mean, the Tigers should have been getting one of those all along. Because yeah. Their, their, market, their market's been overvalued by Major League Baseball. Um, the, the market is really—the Tigers were playing Eastern market, L.A., San Francisco as well, kind of baseball uh, in uh, the, the market evaluation with the Yankees and with the Red Sox. They didn't belong there. They belonged more in a Milwaukee-Cleveland mode. Of course. And they finally got that adjustment made um, over the past year. So, yeah, but, but here's the way it, it, it kicks out tonight. Four picks in the first 73, uh, and, and they've got six, what, in the first 123, something like that. But four in the first 73. The real drama tonight, guys, uh, is going to be who they take at 38. And uh, I've got them probably between two players. Uh, Daniel Cabrera, the outfielder from LSU, is is a left-handed stick and, and a good outfielder and a guy I think is going to be pretty tough for them to avoid. So another hitter. But there are, yeah, no surprise that there are more pitchers and power pitchers right. than there are impact bats left. And the guy to keep an eye on is J.T. Ginn of Mississippi State. The Tigers have liked him for a long, long time. He is recovering from Tommy John, but we all know that Tommy John is nothing. Not the prohibitive problem <laughs> that, it, that it might have been considered at one time. You get your 15 months of recovery and you come back throwing stronger. Gin is possible, but here's here's the the, the catch on on JT Gin. By the way, he's a right-hander with a 100 mile an hour pitch. No surprise. Dodgers took him, right? He, yeah, the Dodgers took him out of high school with a first-round pick, and he went to school. So that tells you he is not going to necessarily be easy to, to sign. He is a draft-eligible sophomore. But by the time he comes off Tommy John, he's going to be just about 22 years old. It may be that he does not want to wait that long, and the Tigers can get him with second-round money. He's a possibility there. Uh, I, I think you, you have to consider uh, also – and this is a bit of an X factor for me. Dylan Dingler is a catcher from Ohio State. Good stick, really good catcher, really good arm. For some reason, he was not drafted yesterday, and no one really knows what the deal is. Um, except that when you play in Columbus, Ohio, and you don't have a, an ability to showcase yourself the way that the South and Southwest teams do, that he got probably uh, a, a little bit ignored yesterday. The huh. Tigers could go that route. Uh, and and so stay tuned for those possibilities. But if I had to guess, I would say tonight the choices are going to be either Cabrera at 38 or JT Ginn. All right. Uh, there are some other pitchers that they could take. The, the kid out of Texas Tech um, is definitely a possibility. Um, they, they could take Jared Kelly, Texas prep, but I don't think they're going to bank on a high school pitcher uh, with that uh, with that second pick. But but I think 
between Ginn and, and between Daniel Cabrera, you, you got a couple of pretty good people to focus on. It, an outside chance is they'll take a shortstop, Casey Martin, but I don't trust his bat, and frankly, I'd be surprised if they do, but you never right. know there. He's hey. from Arkansas. Well, we're looking forward to it. And obviously, Major League Baseball draft uh, rounds two. They do all. They finish it up tonight. Yeah, they're only going to do, of course, as you know, five rounds. Right. And um, and that, that's not ideal if you're the Tigers Correct. with the first pick in each round to get all this pared down to only five rounds instead of forty. Yeah. How does I that mean, work, Mister H? Out of the first ten. Yeah, I mean, really, man. I mean, when, when they're getting screwed, first, right? And they're they, getting screwed. Well, sure they are. And, and here's the other thing is if they have a shortened season and the Tigers, you know, say play a little over their head, then they're going to drop their draft position next year when the draft will be loaded because of all the kids that weren't drafted this year all going into next year's bin. Wow. So the, the Tiger, if there's a way for the Tigers to end up uh, uh, getting uh, – the shaft, uh, I, I think we've uh, seen concrete evidence it's going to happen. All right. So take us to this baseball season. Do you, First of all, they say it's going to happen. So we got to believe the commissioner yeah. is going to make it happen. How is it going to happen? What do you think? How many games, how many teams are going to make the playoffs? What's your take here? That's my view that, that this this question of what the owners and what the players want, Maz, is incidental. There is something called the coronavirus that is in charge and they act as though this is simply an economic matter. No, it's a pandemic and how you're going to play baseball during a pandemic with a rebound that is already occurring uh, because everybody wanted to get uh, overly uh, energized here too early across this country. I agree. uh, I don't have any idea. The minute you have some infection rate and start having to quarantine some players uh, and then if you've got to use minor leaguers, well, you have made a sad mess yeah. of what should have been left alone. Now, are they talking with proper medical people to try to avert all this? Of course. Are they the best in, in, in expertise? Yes. I don't pretend to have more knowledge than they do. But I can tell you, I think optimism has trumped wisdom here. And I do believe that. And uh, optimism could get it right in the chops. Lynn, when do you – so eventually we we hope that there's going to be normalcy sooner rather than later. Well, people um, are already jumping yeah. to the case. So let's face it. And and not to not to date you, like I said, man. You you are you are a legend, but you're obviously not in your in your teens. Here <laughs> I'll um, get you a lot of platitudes. <laughs> <laughs> but given given the risk factors, when do you feel safe? When I mean, what what will you need for you to return to work? Uh, well, I've have the benefit, Clarence, of, of being, you know, semi-retired, more more formally retired than semi-retired. Um, I, I don't have to rely on a full-time job. I don't or or commuting like that. But I've said all along, relative to sports, I thought they should just cashier 2020 and hope that a vaccine is going to be around at, at some point early next year. Because to me, before the vaccine arrives, I think we're spinning wheels and and frankly, just wishing and hoping here for things that uh, aren't a good match for the strength of COVID-19. So that's my view on this thing. But it, it's almost, again, these owners, what do the owners have to do? What do the players have to do? What, what, what offer today? Oh, they're both, hey, guys, you're ignoring the pachyderm in the room. <laughs> it's 
coronavirus. And uh, already, again, we're seeing an uptick now in too many states, and we're going to get plastered this fall, which is why I've always thought football was in deep jeopardy and it might as well be canceled for the year. But you're killing we don't me. want yeah. to you're killing ignore me. reality. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to mass confront uh, realities in this country, which is why our infection rate has, has been a world leader. We I know. pretend that this stuff isn't going to affect us. And uh, we're human beings, and, and perhaps we should realize that maybe this is teaching us a lesson in humility there. But we know you love, retired or not, you you love being at the ballpark. We love reading about what you see at the ballpark. Will it take a vaccine for you to 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 go back through the uh, you know the media entrance and and do your thing? And what I mean is that what it's going to have you know, to be for Lynn Henry? Clarence, I should uh, probably explain my <laughs> venue these days is not in Detroit. It's on St. Simon's Island, Georgia. We know, right. and. Um, there are not a lot of not a lot of ballparks. Around. We're just talking in general. Yeah. If you were here in Detroit, what, what would it take for you oh, to get back? Yeah, to the and, game? I, and I mean, if and I, I mean any Detroit. ballpark. Yeah. No, I no, I wouldn't. No, I no, no. To answer your question there, and I appreciate that uh, specific nature. No, no. If, if it were possible for me to do that, no, no. Uh, I am not messing around with this thing. Um, I will go to the grocery store when I have to with a mask on. Um, I'm doing my very best. I play golf because that, frankly, has not been shown to be of any real peril down here at all. Uh, even the epidemiologists and doctors say, no, that's that's not going to be any problem if you take a separate cart and let the fresh air and distance and everything else enter into the picture. But, no, I'm not going uh, to places where there are crowds. Um, I, I think the worst thing we've done is pretend again that this thing can be surmounted with a, an attitude or a disposition. And uh, that's why, again, the U.S. has uh, a rate of infection and a, and a death toll is probably going to hit 200,000 by this fall. Um, and I hope not. that is not even taken into account this winter when, when things are, are likely to get worse based upon, again, what the medical experts are forecasting. So the sports is to me a, 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 a natural desire that that the, there is some refuge in sports that we can take during this thing but i i don't think it adds up with the, the threat and with the existence of a pandemic here in a 100 year situation that should be treated with more respect all right mr h we appreciate you always and uh, we'll continue to stay in touch you enjoy that beautiful weather we got some beautiful weather here in in michigan although my power it's been out since last night at 11. <laughs> That's what I heard, man, is that you guys uh, took some uh, pretty yeah. ferocious storms. But uh, keep the faith, uh, Clarence and Maz, and good talking with you as always. Always, and we look forward to tonight. Thank you. We'll talk again. All right. Lynn Henning, Detroit News veteran, of course, uh, outstanding writer, and our buddy uh, Brendan Sennett in the house. He came in a little bit late, so we didn't want to introduce him halfway with Lynn here. What's up there, Spider? You're welcome back. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Doing good, man. Nice of you to join us. You finally got got let out of the house, huh? I knew there was going to be sarcasm from 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 that side of the. What room. do you live with, Lynn Henning? I mean, you know, married to a teacher, man. 
She, you know, I doesn't want the kids getting contaminated. I'm just, I'm just busting your chops, you know. Deserve that. it. I deserve it. No, I'm, no, a ninety no deserve day, it. a ninety day hiatus. I, I deserve all the, all no. the ribbing that you're going to give me. Hey, I'm the only thing I got you in here for is to talk about uh, what happened 13 years ago last night. 13 years ago last night. So yeah. that's uh, uh, two, 1997. Don't make me do math. Yes, 1997. Oh. In June. Yeah, June 10th last night. June 10th. Uh, come on, man! What happened? What sport? No. Oh, what happened? The lights went out. Where? The lights. Whose lights went out? Thirteen years ago, last night, at about ten o'clock at night, nine fifty-eight, last night. The boxing. Tony Soprano. Oh, that's right. Yes, I saw the article today. So, yeah, yeah. He confirmed it. He slipped up, and he confirmed it. Well, you know, we always kind of thought that was what what happened. That's right. Yeah, a lot, yeah. lot of, lot of the places. article this morning. I hate to, you know, we, we already ruined it for Clarence because he hasn't well, watched. No, I saw it. He hasn't I saw watched. It. Okay, I saw it. But he hasn't watched The Sopranos. yet. My wife has not seen it. Right. Okay. So okay. We, we don't want to ruin it for her though. But they confirmed it today. Um, yeah. Well, kinda. He kind of like slipped up. He called it the death scene yes. to to some interview. Yeah. Basically, well, I mean, if you listen, right. that's right. Episodes before Tony's like, people asked him, wonder what it is to get whacked. And he's like, I just think the, the lights lights, go out. lights just go out. Yeah. They just turn to black. Yeah. So that kind of stuck with me from the get-go. And the lights went out last night in Holston's, a place that I've frequented uh, a, a, quite a few times being a Jersey boy that I am. It's closing I, down? No, no. Oh, right. Oh, I'm yeah. Just saying, no, saying. That, yeah that's where, that's where it was. And yeah. It was a great time. Are you man. okay with what that? A, what As a, a fan show. of the show, are you okay with knowing what, what, that ultimately Tony died? Because it's not ultimate. No, because it's not official. Oh, God. Well, I could think I could think about it any way I want. Good boy. I'm okay with the way it ended. I truly am okay with the way it ended. Walter White, the best show in history, Breaking Bad. That ending was phenomenal. That ending was off the charts yes. phenomenal. And best, I listened. Best in TV history. And he's dead, right? He died okay. doing what he loved. loved yeah. And he just looked up, and the song from Badfinger, Baby Blue, came on. Yeah. And you couldn't have a better song yep. to end the show. <laughs> and, of course, Don't Stop Believing ends The Sopranos. Yeah. Anyway, I can go on and on. Thanks to David and Angel in the back, Stevie Mack, Lynn Henning, thank you. More with Brendan Senate coming up. The Spider's in town here. Clarence Mac, Clarence Black and Matt's on The Wrap. Keep it right here on NRM Streamcast.